Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, friends, to our brand new episode of Everyday Truth. We're in a brand new chapter today, so that's always exciting. 1 Samuel chapter number 27, get near the end of this book. Uh, What a book it's been. I love the narrative sections in the Bible. Not that they're any more inspired, but um, everyone likes a good story. Well, I think we're wired that way. Jesus was a great storyteller. And the book of 1 Samuel is is this this story, uh, this drama of David and, and Saul. And it's been wonderful just to enjoy this journey with you. Let's jump into chapter 27 and verse 1. Where the Bible says that David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. John, one of the wonderful things about the Bible to me is that the Bible is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. And verse 1 of chapter 27 is really an amazing verse because it takes us into the mindset of David. Now, it's a faulty mindset, but it takes us into what was his rationale. So just at surface glance, John, what is what is your response? If you were David's counselor, he came to you and said, hey, here's the way I'm feeling. You know, how would you respond to this line of reasoning? You know, David obviously is, Saul has been after him and after him, and Saul has appeared to repent on more than one occasion. And of course, from the human side, David would see, you know, this is just a dead end. This is going to keep on going on. There's no, there's no refuge here. Uh, I might as well just flee. But I would say, hey, David, you know, when you tried to do this to Moab earlier, the prophet warned you, hey, go back to the land of Judah. David, you've seen God protect you providentially. David, just stay in the land. Know that God can keep you here. God has on more than one occasion. You've seen it, David, in your life where God has rescued you. Just keep trusting in him. Don't flee to the land of the Philistines. That's not the right move to make right now. I love the fact that you pointed out his previous episode in Moab, that he had already done this, and God had sent his word to him to say, David, get back to where you need to be. And then even previous to Moab, he had already attempted once to go to the Philistines. And remember, he immediately regretted it, and he acted like the madman, and God bailed him out. And he even wrote a poem, a psalm to say, Lord, thank you for bailing me out. And he's making the same mistake. I think that, and and another, I think another irony here is that what, what has just taken place? What's just taken place is Saul has said to David, David, you're right. I'm wrong. I, I, I should know better. You're blessed of God. And now David is saying, I'm never going to get away from this guy. So it just shows you that David knows what you and I know, and that is Saul's repentance is insincere. He knows that this is just a, he's seeing this cycle. He's seeing this treadmill, and he doesn't see any hope of ever getting off of it. 
And he said, the only way for me to get rid of Saul is just to get out of his hair, to get out of the country. Then maybe he'll leave me alone. It reminds us, it is, it's not enough to live for God by faith one day or one week or one year. Uh, the Christian life is a marathon, so to speak, where just we have to keep on going on, keep on going on. And I think even in David's speech to Saul in the last chapter, when he said, men are trying to drive me out of the country. Well, now David of his own accord goes out of the country. And, you know, this is going to be, we're going to see some bad things come out of this when David does this. But David now, humanly, you can understand this, but David needs to just keep his focus on God and not allow the continual beating of Saul to wear him down to force him to do something or to lead him to do something that is less than wise. I've often said that erosion will do in our lives what explosion will never do. And what I mean by that is Christians in general do a pretty good job when one big event, one big trial comes down the pipeline of their life. They usually do well. But when people face the same kinds of problems day after day after day, I think this is to your point, John, that erosive element of that wearing down, boy, that can really beat on you. And David is discouraged. And in his heart of hearts, he said, I've got to take matters into my own hands, which is really sad because what have we seen in all of these years of running? We've seen nothing but God's faithfulness. You know, David could have stopped and said, well, in the, in the case of the, the cave, God protected me. In the case of the Ziphites, God protected me. In the case of the Keilahites, God protected me. In the case of my running to Philistia, God protected me. In Moab, God protected I mean, over and over again, God has not failed David one time. And yet David is making this bad choice. I love the fact, Pastor, that you used the, the idea, the words that David took things, took matters in his own hands. Because we pointed out so many times about Saul, that Saul has done that, but David has typically not done that. He typically has said, God is my confidence, I'll trust in God. But you are exactly right that now David is taking things in his own hands. And that is not going to come to a great conclusion in life when we try to, you know, look at the situation, okay, say, well, you know, if I don't just do this now, it's, it's not going to be good. And that often leads to bad consequences. And it's, a, it's interesting how often in the Bible, times of great discouragement and the defeat that comes because of discouragement arise after times of great victory whether that be Elijah on Mount Carmel and then running from Jezebel. Here, David, what great victory we see in chapter number 26. And now in 27, this discouragement and defeat follows. And uh, certainly that's a pattern among Bible characters, and it could be a pattern in our own lives. Look at verse number two. And David arose, and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him, unto Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. So a couple of things going on here. First of all, 
David has an unusual choice of venue, doesn't he? Sure does. <laughs> Going to Gath, what a thought. That is exactly where he went before. As you mentioned earlier, went to Gath and saw things not go very well. But he goes back there. This is, of all places, David, why do you choose Gath? He chose Gath. And I think sometimes the worst thing that can happen to us when we make carnal plans, when we make plans of our own choosing, not consulting the will of God, I think the worst thing that can happen is that our plans can work out. And what happens here is David makes this choice. He migrates to Gath with the 600 and their families. And the Bible says, and Saul sought him no more. Well, that's exactly what David wanted. He got what he wanted. But what we're going to find in the chapters that ensue is while he got what he wanted, he didn't want what he got. You know, pastors, you talk right now, it makes me think how that many times people do think, well, you know, oh, it worked out. It worked out. So God must have been in that. Um, I, I remember one time I was teaching a class about about pastors and how that God calls men to be pastors. And I don't get off, obviously, off, way off in this field. But as I was teaching this, the student raised uh, their hand and said, but I, I know a woman pastor who sees people saved. Well, of course, preach the gospel, people are going to be saved. But just because there are right results doesn't mean that the means to get those results are the correct thing. And we often are in danger ourselves of evaluating life by the results, pragmatism, rather than the truth of the word of God. That's a really good point. Verse number five, and David said unto Achish, if I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Wherefore, Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. So David initially went to Achish, and there his plan was to get away from Saul. It seemed to work. And then David thought, wow. You know, this is working, so why don't I just stay longer? Why don't I just sojourn? Why don't I just make permanent what was initially a plan to be temporary? And I'll tell you, I'm, I know you've heard this, John, but sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. And what we're going to find about this sinful choice in David's life is it took him further than he wanted to go. It kept him longer than he wanted to stay. And it certainly cost him more than he wanted to pay. And all of that's going to unfold, sadly, in the next couple of chapters. Yeah, Pastor, this is a sad, this is a very sad chapter in David's life. And as, as you mentioned, we're going to see that here coming up in a couple of chapters, the, the, the full fruit of this. But David knows better than what he's doing, and yet David now is on the run, and he's living life as he sees best right now, and it's going to be sad what happens in the end, but David is in Achish, he's with, he's, he's with Gath, he's in Gath with Achish, and David says, hey, let me go away from here. The, the reality is, is David doesn't want Achish to know what he's doing, he wants to be away from Gath, and that's why he gives this idea of, hey, let me go away from here, like 20 miles away, basically, so David can do what he wants, because David knows what he wants to do while he's in that part of the country. Right, and we're going to see that next episode. 
It, the sad thing to me, though, is we see uh, David, who had just very simply and straightforwardly trusted God. Now David is becoming this manipulator, this half-truth teller, and we're going to see a very sad chapter in David's uh, behavior here in the next episode or two. And we're going to cut it off right now because chapter 27 is a short chapter, and we'll finish it next episode. But... Uh, Wow, let's take this, my friends, as a sober reminder to each one of us that regardless of your walk with God or the value of your relationship with God, each one of us is prone to failure. And we've got to maintain that faith and trust in the Lord day by day, lest we start relying upon our own wisdom, as David does here, to his detriment. So I hope that helps. Hope you have a great day today in the Lord. Looking forward to finishing this chapter next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.